This is the On The Banks Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Aaron Brightman. Welcome to episode 139 of the On The Banks Podcast. I'm your host and managing editor, Aaron Brightman. Thanks so much for joining us once again. One week after both Rutgers men's and women's lacrosse took part in the NCAA tournament for a second consecutive season. Similar results to the first weekend of last year's NCAA tournament. Wanted to start first with Rutgers women's lacrosse. Salute them on a tremendous season. Their season came to an end in the second round of the NCAA tournament once again at Stony Brook against Stony Brook. This time a much more competitive game. They were tied 7-7 to in the third quarter before the Seawolves really uh, just shut down the Rutgers offense, held them scoreless the final 27 minutes of the game. Not something you're going to probably ever see again. Cassidy Spellis, who set the uh, program single season record, 69 goals, um, All-American, midfielder of the year in the Big Ten, had seven shots saved by the Stony Brook goalkeeper. So hats off to her, Charlie Campbell, uh, 12 saves in the game, a six total in the third quarter when it was a one-goal game. And then in the fourth quarter, Stony Brook, uh, scored three unanswered uh, to win, but that doesn't negate the tremendous season that uh, Rutgers had. They won back-to-back NCAA tournament games for the first time ever in program history. Uh, they finished with a 16-5 record and really just you know had a lot of record-setting performances. T.T. Nislonski, Terrell Nislonski's career comes to an end, the all-time points leader. She set the single season record for points, uh, had just you know tremendous success in the NCAA tournament for her. Uh, both years, you know, finishing with 22 points over four games, 11 points uh, last year, 11 points in two games this year, really led Rutgers in both NCAA tournament games uh, this past weekend. Uh, you had Stephanie Kelly, the transfer, uh, set the single season record for assists for the program. You have Megan Ball, one of the best defenders in women's across goalkeeper, Sophia Cardello, uh, had a really uh, strong year. And the good news is, so many key contributors are back for this program next year. Other than Nislonski and Kelly, uh, everyone appears to, to, to be back for next year. So the fact that they had a program record in wins, they tied a program record with six wins over ranked foes. They made the Big Ten championship. They had four All-Americans, five All-Big Ten selections. Uh, Melissa Lehman, rightfully so, Big Ten Coach of the Year. Spillis, as I mentioned, Midfielder of the Year. And just another uh, strong performance uh, in the NCAA tournament. A program that had never won an NCAA tournament game before last season has now done it two years in a row. So big things ahead for this program. Big things done this past year. Congratulations to them. Now I wanted to focus on men's lacrosse. And we're going to welcome in head coach Brian Brecht and two-time All-Big Ten, two-time All-American defenseman Jared Gene Felix are both going to join us in a bit, but just wanted to review their win over Harvard on Sunday, packed house at Yersack Field, 5,200 in attendance, more than 2,000 more than any other uh, NCAA tournament lacrosse game that took place last weekend. Really impressive, uh, tremendous venue. Obviously, it's a soccer venue, but named after a former uh, men's lacrosse All-American. It was a great environment. A lot of people wanted to know why they don't play there normally. We'll get into that with uh, head coach Brian Brecht a little bit uh, and future plans. But it was a tremendous performance from this team to come out. They looked like an experienced team that uh, knew how to be ready for the NCAA tournament, jumping out to a, a huge lead, 8-1. to one. Uh, Ross Scott, eight goals, tremendous uh, individual performance for him. And uh, really, this team never looked back after that, that fast start. It was uh, a dominant performance over a very good but young Harvard team. And they'll now face uh, another Ivy team in Penn this coming weekend. Um, I think the key 
that we've seen, you know, and that really took place at Harvard is Ross Scott. You know, he's the guy coming into the season probably, you know, is who exactly Rutgers needed to step up uh, and become the guy. And he's become the guy. He leads the team with 48 goals. And those eight against Harvard just showed the kind of uh, dominance he can have uh, against high-level competition. So obviously getting him going against Penn is going to be key. Penn, one of the hottest teams in the country. They won seven in a row. Uh, They beat uh, previous number one Yale, number three Brown uh, in the Ivy League tournament to win the championship there. And then uh, they also uh, did have a little bit of a scare last week. They beat Richmond um, 11-10 in overtime. So probably their, their closest game in quite a bit. They feature, you know, uh, two Warrington uh, award finalists, first team All-American Sam Hanley. He has 36 goals, 34 assists. There's also three other All-Americans on their team, Piper Bond, BJ Ferrer, and Brendan Lavelle. So this is a uh, obviously strength versus strength, two of the best teams uh, in the sport with a trip to the Final Four on the line. Rutgers was in this position, obviously, last year against number one seed North Carolina, came painstakingly close to making it, uh, had a lead late in that game. Uh, lost in sudden death overtime. And it's really exciting for this group, uh, which is pretty much intact. Obviously, they lost some key offensive players and, and program staples and Adam Charlambides and Karen Mullins, uh, Connor Curse as well. David Sprock's been out injured all year. So losing their top four scorers, but here they are uh, back in the same position. And I really think um, the defense doesn't get enough credit for, for keeping this team moving forward. Obviously, some key transfers, uh, Mitch Bartolo, the Penn transfer, going to face his old team this weekend. Um, he's been fantastic. 41 goals. You have Brian Cameron from North Carolina has been really solid. Rodan Jacoby, uh, along with Shane Knobloch, just really um, a, a balanced offense. But the core of this team is really based on, on that defense and getting the offense going. So it should be an exciting matchup this weekend. Penn, 11-4 versus Rutgers, 14-3. To talk about this past weekend's win over Harvard, the environment at Yersak, what this team's mindset is heading into Saturday's quarterfinal matchup at noon uh, on ESPNU and in Long Island at Hofstra. We welcome back now to the podcast, head coach Brian Brecht. One week out after a second consecutive NCAA tournament win, two years in a row, first time in program history. Coach Brecht, thanks so much for being back and congratulations on last week's victory. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks for having me. So coach, the 19-9 win over Harvard, dominant performance, great start that first quarter. Ross Scott, obviously, uh, eight goals, uh, tremendous performance on both ends of the field. How pleased were you with this team's performance on Saturday? And I guess in terms of how this season has gone, is there any benchmark in terms of was it your best performance? Uh, and did you expect that? And how much better can this team continue to get? You know, I'm very happy with the performance and uh, proud of the guys. Uh, I thought they handled last week of final exams and graduation and hosting a first round tournament game uh, extremely well. And they, and they, and uh, the 60 minutes they were given, you know, they, they, they played well, uh, you know, so I uh, was very happy, you know, Ross Scott, like you said, had a great, you know, uh, you know, offensive performance and, and Colin Kirst, uh, that's, you know, he's, we've leaned on him, you know, last year and this year, and, and he's been, you know, uh, you know, a big part of our success, you know, in the goal and defensively and as a leader, uh, but uh, I thought he was brilliant uh, on uh, on Sunday night, and uh, that was his best performance of the season. And uh, you can just see the excitement from everyone, um, you know, pregame and walking up to the stadium and and warming up. It was a it was an electric atmosphere, a uh, you know great setting for uh, you know May lacrosse, uh, you know, here uh, on campus uh, with our alumni, you know, the youth lacrosse, the fans, and and uh, I think our players and you know guys loved every minute of it. 
And as a program, you just continue to check box after box off now, hosting that NCAA tournament game. Obviously, with uh, graduation, it was moved to Yersak. Um, tremendous environment. How fun was it for this team to be able to play in an environment like that? Uh, and also just the fact that, you know, another kind of stepping stone for this program, outdrawing every other NCAA tournament game by over 2,000 fans. You know what? I think uh, last year when we had the experience to, to make the NCAA tournament for the first time in a long time, um, you know, traveling down to Virginia to play on the grass, we practiced on Yersak uh, the week leading up to it, and uh, the kids loved it, and, um, you know, it was a great experience. And then, you know, uh, give our administration and uh, the grounds crew uh, a lot of credit. Uh, you know, we were able to get up on Yersak, uh, um, you know, a, a couple times, and uh, our, our men's and women's soccer programs and coaches have been excellent and very supportive. You know, so getting on their uh, practice fields uh, for a couple of days just to stay on the grass and, and get used to that. Uh, I think the kids, you know, you know, enjoyed it. They, they you know, you know, loved the, the experience and getting on the grass. I think a lot of them hadn't played on grass since high school. And, um, you know, it, it was a great experience, great week of preparation, great focus and uh, you know, a, a great effort by everybody, um, you know, on Sunday night. A lot of fans, you know, love the environment, of course, and, you know, mentioned, you know, why can't they play there more often? I believe it's, it's you know, a facilities issue just in terms of, you know, maintaining the, the grass and obviously winter is not ideal conditions. Pat Hobbs, athletic director, mentioned the Seath Politi recently about uh, plans for a 5,000 seat stadium. How much has that been on your radar and is a goal for you? Um, and is that correct in kind of the challenges of being able to play at your sack full time? You know, I think, uh, you know, Yersak is a great venue for, uh, for lacrosse, no doubt about it. And I'm very thankful to Ron Yersak and his family, uh, an All-American here, a Rutgers alum, for uh, providing the, uh, you know, the, the stadium for us. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think right now with the, the sport of lacrosse, you know, playing so early into the spring semester academically, uh, you know, we're starting practices in January. We're playing games in February. Uh, so by February and March, most of your games are, are, are um, you know, completed. So um, I know when we were um, playing at Yersak, my first couple of years, we were only getting one or two games in at the end of the season. So by May, you know, that, that field is outstanding. Um, and it's, uh, you know, the weather's great to be out on the grass. Uh, so uh, we are excited about, um, you know, uh, a, new, a new stadium, uh, you know, for, for lacrosse that's going to be uh, – uh, AstroTurf, uh, but we're also excited to have the opportunity to host first round NCAA tournament games uh, at Yersak, and um, you know, hopefully uh, that can be something that we can do for the for the near future. And and talking about this team, obviously the offense gets a lot of uh, publicity, but I think defensively, the, just the core of this team with Ethan Rawl, Jared Jean Felix, Bobby Russo, uh, and then in the midfield with uh, Ryan Gallagher and. Um, Shane Knobloch, you know, how important has that core, their experience and their chemistry been to the continued success of this team? Yeah, I think the experience and the, you know, the COVID year and, and how well uh, our program came together to get back to campus and to be able to practice and train and, and have a 2021 season and then have the success that we did going to the quarterfinals last year. All those returning players, I, I think, benefited from, from that whole uh, year experience. And then you, you add a couple of grad transfers that you know, were impact players uh, at their previous school and uh, great additions to our locker room on and off the field. And I think uh, you know, that experience you know, pays dividends. I mean, um, you know, traveling, playing in a first-round game, 
playing through final exams, having the media requests and, and uh, the interviews that uh, they've been, you know, uh, you know, taking part in the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, this is, uh, you know, it's like the back of their hand. They've been, they've done, been there, they've done this before. And um, I, I think it's, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, what this program uh, looks for and expects, you know, in the month of May uh, moving forward. So uh, we have a, a lot of younger guys that are, you know, getting their first taste of it. And we have a lot of returning guys that are going to, you know, hopefully uh, have the benefit of the last couple of years uh, as they move through the program and, and help us in the future. Mitch Bartolo has been a real impact transfer for you out of Penn. 41 goals this season. Him and Ross Scott, first time you've ever had two 40-goal scorers in one season. Have you said anything to him specifically in facing his old team? How, how important is it for him to keep his emotions in check? Um, and how much does it help this team just having a guy that, you know, is was a captain of that program who's now your opponent uh, next weekend? Yeah, you know, we've had a, you know, you know small conversation. Uh, I think everyone, you know, is aware of the, the matchup that we have and uh, him graduating with an undergraduate degree from, from Penn and uh, the relationships that he has there uh, with his former teammates. So, uh, but it's a, it's a great situation. I mean, he had a great experience at Penn. Uh, he left on great terms. He graduated. Um, you know, he was a captain. Uh, he was very successful and an impact player for them uh, in that 2019 season when they went to the quarterfinals. Uh, uh, so uh, I, I think uh, it's, uh, you know, it's all, all good stuff. Uh, great storylines for, for you in the media. Um, and uh, <laughs> You know, it's that's uh, you know, when he's a big part of uh, Penn's program as an undergraduate and he's a impact player and a big part of our success this year as a as a grad student. Um, you know, it's a, it's a compliment. You know, uh, he should be uh, enjoying every minute of the of the opportunity that he has on Saturday. And going back to the experience of this team, they, they really grasped the opportunity, the moment on uh, Sunday you know, jumping out to that big lead. Now you're back in the same situation as last year, quarterfinals. You know, you had that, uh, you gave North Carolina all they could handle last year with that loss in overtime. One win away again from the final four. How much does that experience from last year help prepare this team for what's ahead on Saturday? Like I said earlier, I think uh, uh, the experience is invaluable. So we have a lot of returning guys that, you know, uh, went through last year, had that experience and, you know, had a, a bitter taste in their mouth uh, as far as how it ended in overtime as, you know, being so close to championship weekend. But um, I, I think uh, uh, when we started out this year in, in the fall, uh, nothing was ever guaranteed. We, we had a, a long season ahead of us uh, and uh, the Big Ten is a gauntlet. I think, uh, you know, some of the non-conference games that we played, the rivalries uh, close to us with Army and Princeton and you know, uh, Loyola was a quarterfinalist last year. You know, we knew we had our uh, work cut out for us. And, you know, and now that we're back here again, I think uh, there's a, a little bit of unfinished business. So, um, you know, we're guaranteed, you know, two more practices. We're guaranteed 60 minutes on Saturday. And uh, I think all the focus right now with the maturity of our uh, seniors and the leaders of our program who've been there before, uh, I think uh, we're just looking at that, you know, the opportunity with Penn on Saturday. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I do think that last year's experience is going to help us uh, even more uh, this coming weekend. A couple more for you, Coach. You're a Northeast lacrosse guy through and through. How much does it mean to you just to have this program in the position they're in? You're playing in a regional with, you know, Princeton and Yale, which have had tremendous success. Penn, you're playing in Long Island. Rutgers is, you know, a, a huge focal point of this weekend. How, uh, I guess, satisfying is that to you just with your career and what Rutgers means to you to have have this program in the position that it is? 
I'm certainly very thankful for the opportunity to, to be the head coach here at Rutgers. And uh, I give a lot of credit to you know, our current players. You know, they've, they've worked awful hard. Uh, they made a choice to be Scarlet Knights, uh, you know, uh, before, um, you know, the quarterfinal appearances uh, and, uh, you know, give a lot of credit to our young alumni that, you know, maybe, uh, you know, helped and did a lot of the heavy lifting uh, to get us to where we are uh, in that transition period from the Big East to the, to the Big Ten in the early, you know, seasons in the Big Ten. But uh, our administration has been great. Uh, our, our alumni base is outstanding from, uh, from the young to the old. There's a proud tradition here at Rutgers. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, that's the thing that's, you know, uh, so uh, exciting um, and, and rewarding is that there are so many alumni that are so uh, happy and helpful to our student athletes. And, uh, and uh, I don't think we'd be in this position right now if, if uh, we didn't have their support and, you know, Pat Hobbs and uh, being in the Big Ten, I think it's you know, it's a combination of a lot of things that have allowed us to get here. And uh, happy for the current players who are living it uh, right now this week and and have a chance to you know play in a big game on Saturday for uh, uh, for the Scarlet Knights. And last question for you, Coach: You're playing Penn, uh, arguably the hottest team in the country. Seven game winning streak, beat Yale and Brown in the Ivy League tournament. Did survive Richmond in overtime. Uh, what are the keys for this team to have success and be able to to take that next step and, and advance the championship weekend? I don't think it, you know, I don't think it changes this week uh, from how it was last year or or two and three weeks ago. Uh, you know, we have to take care of Rutgers. Uh, you know, our guys know what we need to do. They know uh, what our strengths are. They know what we've drilled in practice and how we do things. So uh, when we play. Uh, Rutgers across when we uh, take care of what we need to do individually and collectively as units, you know, uh, up and down the field, offensively and defensively, you know, um, you know, we're a very good team. And, uh, and, you know, when you're playing in the month of May and you, you're playing in the, in the playoffs and the quarterfinals, you know, every game is going to be a big game. Head coach Brian Brecht, we've done this now two, two years in a row, back to back weeks with you making the NCAA tournament and advancing hope to make this an annual tradition. And uh, if you win this weekend, let's, let's do it again next. Yeah, no, I always love talking to you, Aaron. You do a great job, um, you know, and uh, certainly thankful for uh, uh, the, uh, you know, the attention you're sharing uh, you know, with the, our alumni and fans uh, of our, you know, players that are, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, can be more proud of right now and what they've been able to accomplish. Thanks, Coach. Best of luck this weekend. We're rooting for you. Thank you. Thanks so much to Head Coach Brian Brent. Love always talking to him about men's lacrosse and really hope to be talking to him next week because that means we'll be preparing for Rutgers in the final four. Now we'll welcome in one of the key defensemen for Rutgers. Uh, the last three seasons really has been uh, just a, a staple for them in the back and uh, a key to the transition offense for Rutgers. And we welcome now in Jared Jean Felix. It's my pleasure. Now, welcome to the podcast. Two-time All-Big Ten performer, two-time All-American starting defenseman for Rutgers Men's Across, Jared Gene Felix. Jared, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Congratulations on the win this past weekend over Harvard. This program, this team becoming the first uh, in program history to win back-to-back NCAA tournament games in two consecutive seasons. As a fifth-year senior with this program, what does this mean to, to the, the program overall, but also to your senior class? It means the world. I mean, seeing just the growth that has happened from my freshman year with my class up until, you know, now being a fifth year and doing grad school, it's been incredible to see the dynamics have changed and, you know, kind of the culture shifts into the right directions. And 
to be able to put together back-to-back seasons going to the NCAA tournament when we were, you know, fighting for that early in my college career here at Rutgers is uh, it shows the growth that we've had as a program and kind of the continuing success that we ex- expect to have in the future. And, you know, through the last couple of years, I mean, this team offensively has has had a lot of high scoring players, uh, obviously Cheryl Lambides and Mullins, you know, uh, two of the best in, in program history. But really, I, I think the core of this team the last two years, it's been you, Ethan Rawl, Bobby Russo, Ryan Gallagher, you know, Shane Knobloch, uh, guys that have been around for a few years now. How has that growth as a program uh, been just all of you guys experiencing it together and kind of taking that next step as teammates, um, you know, these last couple of years? It's really special. Um, we've got a special group. I think you just named off, you know, some of the core guys that are in my class, like the class below me and stuff like that. Um, it's been really just a journey that we've enjoyed and we've spent a lot of time together. Like you said, we've all been here for a couple of years, but um, really the biggest thing that's like been really good for us as a program with like having that core is like, we have new guys like Mitch and Ronan, Boz, they step in and they're accepted into our culture because we have guys that have been there for a couple of years, know what it's like. And they're kind of all Rutgers guys now. So we've kind of led them along and they've been super great. And I think that starts with kind of our core guys leading by example. And then, you know, we get a new influx of transfers last year and the, this year specifically. And um, it's been really great to see how our core group has kind of meshed with like new guys we get every year and how the culture has just made it so everyone can come in and perform at their best. Or if you've been here for a couple of years, you feel confident in what you're doing so you can perform at your best as well. And you guys have played with, you know, in front of some pretty good crowds over the last few years, Uh, Rutgers fans turning out for, you know, 5,000 and SHI stadium for regular season games. What was it like playing at your sack in front of a packed house in such an environment, you know, an NCAA tournament game? And, uh, you know, how was that whole experience for you and the rest of the team? I think that was my favorite home game I've played in, honestly. The environment was crazy. You know, we've got a great alumni system and a lot of those guys showed out. And then pretty much all of New Jersey came out to support us, it felt like. So <laughs> it was really special to have that kind of be my last home game played on your sack great environment, like everyone just going crazy for us. And uh, we loved it. I think definitely that was my favorite home game experience. So that's at the top of the list for me. I think a key for this team uh, in terms of just, you know, generating offense really comes out of your defense. Um, You led the nation this year in clearing percentage. Colin Curse, one of the best, not only as a goalkeeper, but being able to kickstart that NASCAR offense. And and you and Russo and Raw, how, how key has that been for you guys in terms of focusing in that area and the importance overall to the success for this team? Um, well, our NASCAR really stop, starts with us getting stops on the defensive end and pushing transition. So like you mentioned, guys like Bobby, Colin, he makes a save. He gets it out nice and quick. Some of our rope guys always being available in the clear. And um, our defense really like sparks our transition, sparks our NASCAR. So we've really been focusing on it the past couple years and you can see it translate on the field with like you said the highest clearing percentage because we like to get up and out quick to our d middies our poles our lsms and that leads straight into our offense you know get those guys the ball and have our d middies try and expose matchups with like oh middies getting stuck and um it's really been a point of emphasis and i think it shows because our nascar is pretty efficient and um yeah um that's really 
where we focus on. Like we do a lot of clearing stuff in practice, a lot of transition stuff in practice and uh, it translates. So we love it. Looking at last year, you know, you took number one, North Carolina to the brink into overtime, losing in sudden death. What does that experience give this team with so much experience back with the veterans back um, heading into this Saturday uh, against Penn, having basically been in the same opportunity ahead of you, one win away from the final four? I think that experience really comes into play with uh, some of the guys who have been here. And uh, that was a heartbreaking loss last year. And I think we have that mentality as, you know, we're coming in as underdogs. We lost in the quarterfinals last year. That's the next step that we have to take to make it to championship weekend. So just a real like hardworking, get after it this week, this week mentality, getting ready for Penn. Because like you said, the last memory that we have in the quarterfinals is the one goal loss to UNC. So I think we're all ready to kind of get that one back. And uh, we're working hard to get that one back and we have a great opportunity this Saturday. And I think it's just really special for the guys that were there, part of this team last year, we took that tough loss and uh, we kind of held it with us. And that's provided us like a lot of motivation to get back to where we were and kind of take better advantage of the opportunity we have in front of us. And you're from Georgia. What was it about Rutgers that made you want to come here? What was it about head coach Brian Breck's vision that kind of sold you on coming here? And how how much has that really kind of become reality for you uh, in your time here? I would say, I, well, I actually got recruited as an LSM, so I always wanted to play fast. So when Coach Brecht was kind of like re- recruiting me and kind of going through his pitch, like obviously NASCAR was a big part of that. And, you know, the opportunity to get some transition going as a pole, as playing defense, like there's no force field over the 50-yard line. You know, if you got it, you go. And um, really like the coaching staff, the culture, I just – loved Rutgers as soon as I stepped on campus, you know, as a high school kid. And then I just kind of knew that's where I wanted to be. And some of the things we talked about is like, we're seeing right now the growth of the program from making NCAA tournament, winning NCAA games, and now trying to take that next step. I think what he's told me has all kind of come to fruition now in my last two years of being here. So I couldn't be happier with my decision. And your overall experience, obviously, Rutgers as a whole athletic department, you know, has come a long way since you first stepped on campus. Um, what has that been like for you and, and your teammates just to not only have continued and, and improved success as a program, but to see other programs be able to take that next step as well? It's really exciting to be a part of Rutgers athletics right now. I think all our teams are moving in the right direction. And it's like cool to be able to go and see field hockey win a Big Ten championship, see girls soccer won a big 10 championship, you know, make it to the final four and all the success around us. And it just kind of has created a culture around Rutgers athletics where, you know, we're expecting to win. We're expecting to have success. It's not like we're just showing up to play. And I think the winning culture has been really emphasized in the past couple of years. And I think the future for Rutgers athletics is really bright and it's special to be a part of it right now. So um, yeah, it's just really something that you dream of and now being a part of it and seeing that growth from my freshman year up until my fifth year now, it's been quite amazing, really. And last question for you, Jared, obviously back back in the same spot you guys were last year, one went away from a final four. What does this team need to do on Saturday to be able to get there? I think we just need to do what we always do. We play fast, we play hard, we play together and, you know, just stick to what we do. Don't get out of sorts at all. And 
you know, make them play to our speed, set the pace, set the tempo, and we'll see where the chips fall, where they be. Jared Jean Felix, two-time All-Big Ten, two-time All-American, huge career here at Rutgers. Congratulations on all your past success and best of luck this weekend to you and your team. Thank you. Thanks so much to head coach Brian Brecht and Jared Jean Felix. Great to talk to both of them ahead of Saturday's huge opportunity for Rutgers men's lacrosse. Second year in a row, back in the quarterfinals. By the way, first time ever in program history that they've ever won a NCAA tournament game in back-to-back years. They were in the quarterfinals in 1974 and 1975, but that's back when the NCAA tournament only had eight teams. So this is the first time ever that Rutgers has won an NCAA tournament game in back-to-back seasons. Back again with the opportunity to go to the Final Four against Penn. People, are, you know, I've seen chatter about, oh, the draw is great. You know, the path is there for them to get to the title game and play Maryland. Well, one step at a time. This is a huge game against Penn, uh, a team that, uh, you know, is uh, face-offs probably has a little bit of an edge, but not uh, a huge edge there. And I think turnovers is obviously going to be a huge key in this game and an opportunity, I think, for Rutgers to, you know, if they can play their game in terms of causing turnovers, limiting turnovers on their end, and also clearing percentage. I mean, they lead the country in fewest turnovers and clearing percentage. Those two are certainly going to be important. And then just taking advantage of scoring opportunities. And you have, at the end of the day, of Colin Kirsten, that just a huge advantage for Rutgers. He seems to always thrive uh, in the postseason. Uh, he's even better than he normally is. Uh, he's averaging uh, goals allowed under nine per game in three NCAA tournament games. He made 17 saves against Harvard. Uh, I think, you know, he's he's probably the, the, the key player of this matchup um, and can really be the difference. Again, Rutgers men's lacrosse, noon on Saturday, May 21st. Uh, we'll air live on ESPNU. Tickets are purchased. We have a game preview. I did want to uh, give a shout out to John Catapano, our writer for On the Banks that covers Rutgers men's lacrosse. He's done a, a tremendous job all season. Uh, and he has a game preview up on the site right now, and you can have a link uh, to purchase tickets if you want to go out to Long Island. It should be a great weekend. Uh, you also have uh, Yale and Princeton following the Rutgers Penn game, so just a, a huge two games taking place at Hofstra. Uh, we'll have full coverage at On the Banks, um, and I just want to leave you with this note. Aside from men's lacrosse, Rutgers baseball takes on Michigan this weekend, uh, beginning Thursday night. Three games will all air on BTN. Uh, 8 p.m. Thursday night, 8 p.m. Friday night, 5 p.m. Saturday. Uh, They're tied in the Big Ten standings with Maryland. They have to uh, be a game better than Maryland to win the league title. Uh, Maryland has the tiebreaker. Um, But my overwhelming point, uh, along with lacrosse, is that we head into the weekend. Lacrosse has an opportunity to make the Final Four, and Rutgers baseball has a chance to win the baseball Big Ten regular season title. So that's, uh, I think, those two opportunities just alone uh, we know how much progress this athletic department has made, um, but th- th- those two teams on the position on the brink of making history this weekend really shows how far Rutgers Athletics has come. And with that, thank you for listening once again here at On the Banks. Follow On the Banks on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search On the Banks Podcast.